What is up, podcast listeners? It's your boy, Matt Baxter. Yep, we are on the Matt Baxter Show, and I am hanging out with Tamika McNair, who is amazing, world-class, a special human in so many different ways. Got to give much love to Kelly Hoppish, who made the introduction, uh, to Tamika and myself. We hopped on a podcast. We got deep. We did a little smack talking. We covered... Th- this is one of those podcasts that we could have done like six hours long. And so I hope all of you listeners enjoy just as much as I do. Tamika is the HR director uh, for Viva at Microsoft. She is somebody who is outspoken about her her faith, her background, her passion, and she goes all in in everything she does. And I'm just proud to call her a, a new friend, but somebody who I feel like I, I, I know well now, and she is just a special, special person. So I hope everybody enjoys this podcast as much as I did. Thank you. Tamika, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you, Matt. I am beyond ecstatic to be here with you today um, and share and just see how uh, we can learn and, and grow together. We're gonna have some. We're gonna have some fun in this. Um, I think uh, uh, the lovely Kelly Hoppish uh, would probably punch me in the face if I did not give her a shout out for making this amazing introduction. So uh, she has been phenomenal, and she teed this one up. And so I'm very, very excited to dive deeper in. But Kelly, much love to you for making this happen. Um, so Tamika, I mean, just, just yeah. Even in the brief minutes leading up to this conversation, what I've heard from Kelly, uh, give me your life story. I mean, I'm excited to hear more about you, your background, just, but where did it all begin and kind of what led you up to today? Oh my goodness, Matt. That I mean, it's a softball to start, right? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. What a loaded question. Ooh, okay. Let's see where where we go from here. Um, But if I start off, Matt, and just think about who is Tamika? There are a couple of things that I can share that makes me who I am. So first, I am a woman of faith who leads with compassion, empathy, and love for all humanity. Um, I am also a single mother of 16-year-old twin boys. Their birthing allowed me to experience true love. They are a critical piece in shaping the woman that I am today. I have had so many accomplishments, but they are by far my greatest one to date. I am also an engineer committed to demystifying what does it mean to be an engineer, uh, encouraging women, minorities, uh, to consider STEM careers every chance that I get. My education was one of my keys that afforded me the opportunity to break free from some of the shackles of poverty. I am also a a change agent and a trailblazer. I am the first and only for many things in my family. My audacious dream is to become a CEO of a Fortune 100 company one day. There are not many people who look like me or share my story My why for obtaining this position has nothing to do with money or fame, but everything to do with inspiring others to go after their dreams, no matter how far-fetched they may seem. I am also purpose-driven, right? Which ties directly into the mission that you have around this podcast. 
my personal mission statement, which is also my compass on how I navigate the world, is to empower everyone that I encounter to become the best version of themselves and to discover purpose. I am re-energized every time I can speak life into someone and help them see how amazing they are. We all have worth. Sometimes we need others who love us unconditionally to help us see it. And then last but not least, I am recently uh, an author. So on my birthday this year, November 22nd, I launched my first book titled Conquering Uncertainty. And the subtitle is Don't Concede Too Soon, Your Victory Awaits You. I'm honored to share a part of my journey with the world in hopes of inspiring and empowering others to own their story without shame. Hmm. So that is where I'm starting when I when we think about who is Tamika before we start digging in deep into some of these other things. I, I mean, I love it. I love it. There's one thing, you know, the only thing that I would add that probably is a theme among all of this is uh, you must have a hell of a lot of patience between uh, twin boys, between engineering, between uh, writing a book, between all the different things, the amount of patience yet courage, the amount of uh, uh, excitement and fire and passion yet detail and willing to be compassionate for all people. That is a very, very unique uh, set of uh, qualifications of what it means to be you. So, I mean, show me the ways, uh, bowing down. Cause I need some advice, uh, when it comes to patience and it seems like you're pretty good at that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So I think this is an interesting segue, even though Matt, I know you haven't read my book yet, but the final chapter- happy, happy late birthday, by the way, talk about most people, you know, have a glass of wine, go out to a nice dinner, do that whole thing. You know what? Let's write a book. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, all right. So the last chapter of my book is actually titled, uh, Let Love Be Your Superpower. And when we break down the word of love, one of the first words that come after that is patience, right? Hmm. Love is patient. Love is kind, right? So my anchor is through that lens. And so when I show up in the world or when I'm tackling anything, I take it from a place of love, Matt. And I think that this may be an appropriate time for me to kind of backtrack and tell a little please. bit more about my story. And yeah, let it, let it fly, please. That helps us bring to date, okay, how did Tamika get here? Because I often get it. People are like, Tamika, explain to me. How, are <laughs> how, you did, <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> How are you a single mother working in corporate America, you know, went and got your engineering degree, got a higher education degree, writing books. How do you have given to the community? How in the world do you have time for that? And I always say I make time for what's important to me. And what I realized very early on is that my purpose for being on this earth is bigger than myself. So let me take you back to the beginning. So I am originally from um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, I grew up in a poverty struck neighborhood where uh, my mom was a single mother of four children. And my mom did the best that she could with what she had. 
But at the age of seven years old, and I don't understand even to this day how I had that much wisdom at seven, Matt, but <laughs> at seven, I made a declaration that my life would be different than the environment that I grew up in. And so I have always um, had the ability to see past my current circumstances and not be bogged down or jaded as I persevered forward, right? So those are some of my humble beginnings. And I mentioned early on that, you know, I'm a first for many things. Since I recognize that my life is bigger than myself, when I make accomplishments and obtain them, it's bigger than me, right? I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it for others who may not have had the same opportunities as I had, right? In hopes of inspiring them to become the best version of themselves, right? So I also tend to lead with my heart first. So with everything that I touch, Matt, or pursue, I go with my heart all in, right? And when you go with your heart all in, there is this spirit of excellence that then um, is birthed from that. So I take things very serious when I associate my name with something. So these attributes about who Tamika is as an individual has helped me as I've been able to navigate between, you know, my personal life and my career and my education and all of those things. So to go back to your question, right? How do you do it? How do you, you know, have the patience for it? And I would say it's connected to me, one, recognizing and setting my goals, right, that I want to obtain. And then very shortly after that, deeming that as a priority. And when you deem something as a priority, you make time for it. There's no such thing as I don't have time. What does exist is the fact that you may have to sacrifice in some other areas to free up time to focus on the thing that you have now prioritized. So I will pause there, Matt. <laughs> I, so, so I, I mean, thank you for the explanation on this. I want to give a little con, I want to give a little lead up to how I want to ask this next question. So when I was 15, I started mowing a couple lawns and I started a lawn care company, but it wasn't really a business to start. It was just mowing lawns. I now have a tech startup called Wedge that uh, we've, we've been at it for about seven years and something. So I've been an entrepreneur for the better part of like 15 years of my 28 year old life. More, I've been an entrepreneur for longer than I, or for, for more than half of how long I've been alive. And something I get asked all the time is like, um, how did you start a business? Or like, why, why did you start a business or all these different things? Right. So when I think about your statement around, I can't not go all in in something that I do. Was there something that forced you in your life to say, no matter what, I'm always going to go all in? Like, I don't have an answer to the entrepreneur question other than I've just kind of always done it. And that's just who I am. And 
Uh, it didn't start that way, but it just evolved to be that, right? So the question for you go all in and everything you do, or you can't not do something without going all in. Did something in your life sort of force you to do that? Or is it just ingrained in who you were and you've just expanded it and grown upon it? Oh my goodness. That is definitely a loaded question. (laughs) Again, we're we're going (laughs) to, Kelly didn't warn you. We're going to throw some softballs here. Right. It's okay. I am ready for it because Interesting enough, um, as I was preparing for my conversation with you uh, on Sunday, um, I had um, a major revelation um, that came upon me. And so I will start there and then I will elaborate more on your question. So this is what came to me. Um, Pressure has the power to push you into purpose. And I mentioned to you that I just, you know, wrote my book, Conquering Uncertainty, which for me is just a a sprinkle of these moments where pressure was applied. And so instead of me conceding in those moments, I leaned into the pressure and realized that that pressure was actually giving me the power to then thrust me into purpose. So to go back, how did I get there? It was the pressure applied to me, Matt, given the circumstances and the environment that I grew up in, right? And seeing lack and experiencing lack firsthand, but then also realizing that there's more out there, right? So that pressure right, then gave me the power. So where was the power piece for my journey? When I realized that I actually had some control, and I'll put some in parentheses because we know that certain things are outside of our control, right? But I had some, you know, purpose and power with the decision that I made about my life. Right. So that pressure, what I did was I said, hey, okay, if I want something different in my life, what does that actually mean in action? And so what do I have in my hands that I actually have control of? And at that point, getting my education was that thing. Right. So I use the pressure to give me power, right, to push me outside of the environment that I grew up in so that I can line closer to purpose. Mm. And really we can take that cycle and do it over and over again with my life. Right. Told you I got out of that poverty environment. Then I went off to uh, college and got my undergrad in industrial engineering. Right. Same thing. We can use that same, (laughs) you know, uh, life cycle that I just talked about. Right. There was some pressure against me being, the first, um, uh, you know, person from my family to pursue an engineering degree, to being, you know, one, uh, only African-American female in my studies, right? But then that pressure gave me the power to then go on and on with some of these other phases that I've been through. So I would say it's a combination of the environment that I was placed into but then me recognizing, right, um, 
the power that I had in shaping what happens next for me. Hmm. I love it. You made a, you made a comment, excuse me, in the midst of that, where you mentioned, um, think about the things you have control over with your own two hands or with your, that you can, you can, you can get done with your hands. Um, <laughs> at what, <laughs> what point in your life did you make the shift towards about the only thing I can do is the stuff that I'm control. I have control over because I, um, for as much as I like to be calm, cool, and collected, I am a bit of a control freak. But the interesting thing is it's less related to feeling the need to totally be in control. And it's more related to, I just don't want to be like controlled or be in an environment that I can't change the scene or make it, make, make an impact. And so, um, one of the things that God is working on me actively in my heart is uh, letting go of things I can't control and focusing on the things that I can. And it sounds like that's certainly something that you've, uh, whether we, we master it, that's a different story, but at least you've had an awareness to what you can focus on and think about and what, you know, quite frankly, is not worth time on. How, how did that start to happen? Yes. So let me go back to the first moment where I'll say I realized that. And that moment happened when I made the decision, Matt, that in order for me to be different than the environment that I was placed in, that I needed to go as far as way as possible to get my education, right? So there was a lot of components associated with that, that I just simply had to lift my hands up and trust the process, right? So what I'll say is that get into a place where you lift your hands up and realize that there are certain things that I am not in control of requires practice. And at every moment that we continue to do it, we begin to build a muscle in that area, just like we would do, Matt, if we were going to the gym and I'm trying to train, you know, to to be a part of somebody's muscle uh, competition, which, by the way, uh, nowhere near that. Right. Well, they, they, so, so you'll, you'll love this. My, my girlfriend's actually a trainer and she trains Kelly. And every single morning, it's the best. I'm gonna I'm gonna call them both out. I get a text every single morning around 8:30 when they're both when they're done doing their little uh, training session. A text from Kelly saying your girlfriend whooped my butt, and a text from my girlfriend saying Kelly's great, she's awesome. <laughs> Three times a week, that's what I wake up to. A text from uh, a text from both of them. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, I love that, Matt. Yeah, and it's that good. Same things happen, Matt, when we think about right from. A standpoint, even when we want to go to the spiritual route for a second of heaven, um, you know, and feeling free to lift our hands up and say, hey, you know what? I know that there's certain things about my life that was already planned and ordained before I got here. So if I keep my hands on something too long, I may actually be delaying the length of time that it takes me to go down this path that was placed for me. Hmm. Right? Isn't that the truth? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, oh, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. So um, the faith piece of it though, too, is very, very important too. Right. Because along this journey, what I've learned is Matt is when I have, lifted my hands in those moments, some of the greatest things that I couldn't have even fathomed has happened. 
right? So even now, let's walk through, okay, what does Tamika truly feel like she has control over today? And by the way, <laughs> with this, this walk that I'm on right now, there is not too many because <laughs> I'm actually trying to live my life in a way where I am surrendering my will for the will that God has for my life. Because what I've learned is, as I've gone through this journey of life, that um, some of the desires that I've had or what I thought I wanted the will to be is actually not what I want anymore, right? Because those desires and that will that I wanted at the moment only served a temporary purpose. It didn't look out into the future of who I was meant to become and evolve to. So, you know what Tamika has control over right now? How I show up in the world. Hmm. The unconditional love that I show other people, right? The kindness that I give without asking for anything in return. Those are the things that I have control over, right? I may get some options about, hey, what do you want to do for your career stuff? But even still, I'm not doing any of those things without being prayerful first. Um, I, uh, so I had a call with one of my business mentors who's also, he's actually kind of a, a new friend, quite frankly, but he's a guy who's a man of faith and has been through a um, a, a bankruptcy in one of his businesses before. And this is when he was, um, close to my age. And I, I, I called him, you know, I've, I've been through some stressful times with capital raises and employees and, and difficult situations. And I just said, look, you've been through like the situation where, uh, you know, the business actually failed. Right. And where, where was your head? Where was your head at with this? What was your prayer life like? And how did you, and he, he goes, Basically, it was God's way of refining me to saying, like, I'm not in control and uh, my business is God doesn't need my business to further the kingdom. God's going to finish, you know, further the kingdom through the hearts of people and the hearts of man. And it was just a really eye opening experience to hear him say, like, look, I this was God's like refinement. And now he's in an amazing spot, you know, uh, 15, 20 years later. and, And he's he's such an amazing, amazing guy. But it was it was a really, really fresh perspective around like sometimes you're going to fail and sometimes things aren't going to go as planned. And in fact, most of the time things are not going to go as planned. And how do you have a heart for people? How do you have a heart for the Lord? How do you have a heart, quite frankly, for yourself, too? I don't I mean, I think a lot of days are actually made better if we focus on other people than ourselves. That's just my personal opinion. But um, there's also a time and a place to say like, look, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and love yourself every once in a while. And so it, it was just a pretty, pretty cool perspective uh, around what he shared. And it sounds like pretty similar to what you're saying too. Absolutely. And I love that because you make me uh, have another thought as you talked about the conversation with your friend, right? What I've learned in these moments when we surrender and realize that um, the work that we're doing um, is bigger than us, right? And that um, in most cases, we're being uh, used as a yielded vessel, right? That what happens in those moments, there is humility that is birthed, right? 
And for me personally, Matt, I don't ever want to get to a place where I allow pride to step up in a way where I lose who I am, right? I lose the light of being of service to others. And this is really anchored to my, Matt, to, you know, why I desire to be a CEO of a Fortune 100 company one day, which I have no clue what that looks like or how I get there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right? But my why for getting there is really to be a vessel for others to allow for them to see that you can obtain your dreams. I don't care how far-fetched it may seem. I don't care the challenges and situations that you have been through. And so for me, that is what keeps me at a place of humility, right? So even when I get there and you can hold me accountable, Matt, right? If I get there and you start seeing some pride uh, showing up and you don't see my servant heart, I want you to call me out, right? So let me, let, let me ask you, so I, I absolutely will. And, and same goes to me uh, as an accountability partner. Does your pride, so I, I've been kind of wrestling uh, in a little bit my quiet time around what my uh, uh, vice of pride is. Is it pride for when things are going well, I think I'm on top of the earth, or pride when things are going bad, I'm protective of my, my image. And what I've found is usually it's one or the other. I'm definitely somebody who, when things are actually going really well, um, I, I tend to actually be pretty proud, wrong word, but like, I, I like to actually give quite a lot. I like to actually give people the credit as much as I can. I'm sure there's been moments I've slipped on that, but my pride typically comes when things aren't going well. I'm pretty protective or, or cautious of my ego, right. Or my image or whatever that looks like. So for you, do you have one that like, you want me to, you know, hone in on a little bit more than the other? I, I'd, I'd be curious your perspective on that. Oh, that is very, it's interesting, even both perspectives that you painted, because I can agree with you on the first part, right? When things are going well, I actually shy away from, you know, talking about those things too much. And I look for opportunities of, okay, how can I elevate others with what has happened to me? Right. Recently, I shared with um, one of my mentees because I mentor quite a few people. Uh, at all different age ranges. And so with one of my younger mentees, what I shared was, I said, me getting my bag doesn't mean anything if I'm not helping others get their bag too, right? So talk and meet them where they are. So in those moments, I actually don't talk too much about my accolades. And even if you can think about how we started this podcast and me really not talking too much about, you know, my job and working at Microsoft and some of those things, right? Because to me, I, that's not the first thing that I want people to see when people encounter Tamika, I want them to see my heart first, right? I want them to experience love and genuineness. So that's the first part of your question. Now, um, for the latter part, when, when moments aren't going so well and all of those types of things, I would say that that too is where pride, um, has shown up. And I use the the um, the word has uh, intentionally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, for a couple of different reasons, because for a long time, Matt, I was very very subconscious about what do I share with the world, and the reason I was because 
I didn't know how me sharing and being vulnerable would be used for a weapon against me, right? And so what it actually did was it caused me to go down this path of being buried in the imposter syndrome, right? And in each moment that I began to hide pieces of who I was, I was losing a piece of myself. And so when I broke free from imposter syndrome, right? I truly owned every aspect of who I am. I am a single mother. I am an African-American female who has been the first for many. I have a baby who experienced traumatic, you know, health challenges at six weeks old and had a massive stroke. And so that's impacted my life, right? I know what it feels like to be in the welfare system. I did it. I've used it. So all of these things that you would look at and you'll think about, okay, should I be ashamed of that? How would society, you know, look at me? Will it hinder the job opportunities that I get, right? If I share truly who I am. And since I've broken free from that, Matt, listen, I will tell you anything that you want to know. Because what I found is, is that through my vulnerability and being honest and transparent and vulnerable in those moments, that was the thing that truly set me free and the thing that truly people desire from me. So through me owning it and um, being willing to be honest with myself, right? I have now created environments that when I go and I talk to people, I'm in rooms, vulnerability is one of the first things that actually ends up happening from the other person perspective, right? Because I put myself out here. So what I'll say to you, Matt, is I don't think that you have to worry about being ashamed of those moments that didn't go so well, right? Because there was some lessons and some learning in it. And whatever you had to go through, it was bigger than you. It was for someone else in most cases that you're going to have to help them navigate along their life path in some type of way. That's how I look at those moments now. I think that's, I think that's such a good word um, on so many levels. So, so thank you for that. Um, I want to, uh, I want to make sure that we at least cover a little bit of time uh, on, on the book. So you wrote a book, you're a badass. Uh, that's amazing. So tell me, tell me more about the book. Tell me why you wrote the book. Um, if you were to be sitting in a subway in New York City and somebody would be sitting reading your book, who what what would that what would you hope that person got out of it? Wow. Absolutely amazing question. Okay. Um, and I'm gonna try not to get emotional when I Hey, if you need to, that's quite all right. Exactly. Whatever whatever you whatever you gotta uh, <laughs> no, no, no shame here, that's for sure. Matt, we just may go there. Right. It's <laughs> um, good as me. <laughs> okay. Because this book is so personal and so near and dear to my heart. I view this book as a way for me to continue to live in purpose. Right. Matt, when I wrote this book, when the idea came from me uh, to me at the beginning, it was the beginning of the pandemic. This was March of 2020, 
when um, the name of the book dropped uh, in my spirit. And at that point in my life, I was actually getting ready to leave my job and go into an industry where people deemed as potentially dying, right? But I knew that I was being led into that chapter of my life, right? Regardless of what the uncertainty pertaining to COVID had, okay? So the name of the book drops in my spirit. And then I leaned in and I said, huh, let me sit with this for a minute. And Matt, I took about 10 minutes and I wrote down all of the moments that could, came to the top of my head of uncertainty that I had to conquer in my life. And when I looked at that, after doing that exercise, the tears began to flow, right? Because what I realized at that moment was that everything that I had overcome, even though in those moments I didn't know how I would, showed that I was victorious, that I was stronger than I thought, right? So when I think about, you know, what do I want, you know, somebody to get from my book? It is, I don't care what has happened in your life. You are stronger than you think. And if I can conquer in these moments where I literally thought I was going to lose my mind, then you can too. So Matt, if somebody picks up my book and they are inspired, they are given hope, they know that they are not alone, that is enough for me. Tamika, I just, I mean, we've been on this for about 30 minutes. I just want to tell you, and I hope it's not too weird. I love you because I think that message and that purpose and that, um, uh, the heart behind it, whether it goes to one or a billion people, doesn't matter. Um, if some, if one person picks that up or even the fact of think about the, the heart work it, <laughs> it took for you to go through that process and the, the just beauty that, 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 that book is, and I can't wait to read it myself, but the, the heart behind what you've done uh, and, the, and the vision and the impact that you hope to have on people is um, it's worth every page that was written, every probably tear that was shed writing it, every probably painful moment that led up to it. It, it's, um, it is an impressive thing as a human being for what you've done and the heart behind why you're doing it. Thank you, Matt. And I love you too, right? <laughs> and like I told you before, right? I know that everything that I have done and all of these barriers that I have been able to break has been bigger than me. So to be able to share with the world, and like I said, for me, it doesn't matter if I get to best sell. That was not my why, right? If one person is touched, I'll do it all over again. That's the same mentality that I have for this future CEO position and sitting in that. 
if there's one person that I can inspire after they look at my story and the things that I've been through and see that I was able to obtain my audacious goal, I have done enough. So thank you, Matt, for creating a space where I could can be vulnerable and share my heart. For sure. One of the uh, one of the cool things about vulnerability, and when I say cool, it's it's like one of the hardest parts. But um, when you truly are sort of cards on the table, uh, the people who choose to love you, accept you, the business people you choose to interact with, the podcasts you choose to be on, it it, it doesn't really matter if you kind of go totally cards on the table, wear your heart on your sleeve. Um, you start to align with the people you should, and I. I have, and I've, I've been burned on the other side of that where either a, I tried to tell too good of a story, um, in the sense of just like, I was trying to be, I was trying to be too protective of the bad things. Um, kind of like we talked about in the pride, but you know, when, when you truly show vulnerability, the tough part is there's going to be some people who don't like it or accept it or whatever, but those are the people that maybe shouldn't be in your life to begin with. And it's, it's sometimes hard, but once you move on past that, and so that's what I say, like whether it's one person who reads a book or a billion, it doesn't really matter. I think the fact of how vulnerable you've chosen to be and how much you're seeking to just make the world a better place, it's something that um, is as truly authentic as it gets. So I, I applaud you for that. Thank you, man. Are you ready for another fun question? I am. I'm ready for you. I got myself together over here. Now. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Don't feel like you need to get yourself together at all. You're good. You're good. You're, you're, this is, this is, this is exactly what I want. Purpose, you know, come on vulnerability. If, if, if so the funny thing about vulnerability, like vulnerability, intimacy, whatever kind of in, in, in the weeds you want to talk about. I love the people who are like, I want to be vulnerable, but I want it to look good. It's like, that's not vulnerable. I want to have like an intimate team relationship in the sense of, I want people to be trusting and, and, and close with each other. But you can't choose that it looks good. It's sometimes it's going to get messy. It's going to get ugly. You're going to have to wipe tears off your face, sweat off your shoulder, whatever it is. But it's just like I, I, I don't know. I, I think like some of the most beautiful moments in the world are the intimacy of things or the vulnerability of things that just look ugly but real and awesome. And quite frankly, it's not ugly. It's as beautiful as it possibly can get because it's real. So, anyways, that's my soapbox. But, Love um, so. Along, along, the, along the lines of the book, you, you know, you, you're on a subway and you see somebody reading your book and they tell you, this is what I got out of it. So let's take that one step further. Um, if I were to only get to know Tamika on 38 minutes of a podcast and you were to say, this is the impact. If, I could, if you could choose the impact that you had on somebody's life, whether they knew you for your entire life, whether you did business together when you were at Microsoft or whether you just met them for a half hour and that was it, what would you choose your impact is on that person's life? Yeah. For me, I would say that I want every encounter that I have with anybody, wherever I meet them at, to feel energized to feel like they were seen, valued, and heard with just the encounter that I had with them. That is what I would want someone to feel like in that moment, right? Which would require me, Matt, to then pause and make space and time for them to do so. If someone walks away from an encounter with me, 
and they don't feel the energized, feel seen and heard, I am not being my true Tamika self at that moment. Hmm. Hmm. And I'll elaborate a little bit more there too, Matt, on. Yeah, go for it. Um, I like to say that I have mastered providing a space of inclusion because I had to master thriving and in spaces where I was overlooked, I was judged, right? I was excluded. So through my exclusion and some of those experiences that I have went through, it's made my heart very, very sensitive when I encounter people. So oftentimes I encounter people and I can tell really where their heart is or what they're dealing with, right? Whether they were dealing with sadness or disappointment. Like it's almost like a radar that I have, but that was birthed through those moments of me having to walk through exclusion and knowing what that feels like, right? And this is when we tap into the difference between empathy and sympathy, right? Sympathy only goes so far, right? Because a person can't truly fathom being in that spot. However, with empathy, you have sat there, right? So those feelings and emotions that someone else may have, you have already felt those. So then you're able to connect with someone on a deeper level. So now let's take it back a step. Why did Tamika have to go through all of these moments of uncertainty, Lord, right? It was for me to birth empathy, right? Because had I not been through the things that I've been through, Matt, I don't know if I can say that I would be the same person that you're talking to today. The uh, sympathy, empathy difference, I think, is such a such a unique distinction. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, sympathy is having feelings. I think empathy is understanding. And I think that, you know, once you kind of make the turn, I think it's a, it's a powerful one. I honestly, I mean, if for sake of vulnerability, I struggle with empathy. Empathy is a tough one for me because like I sort of, uh, I can, I can be sad when my friends are sad and I can be happy when my friends are happy, but I, I don't do the best at like feeling what they're feeling or walking, you know, putting their shoes on and, you know, walking a thousand miles in their shoes sort of thing. That's something I really, really, really struggle with. And, um, I think, yeah, anyways, I, I, I typically don't vocalize that because, you know, who's, whoever wants the friend that can't be empathetic, but sympathy is something I, 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 I try to go, you know, meet my friends where they are sort of thing, but empathy is a really tough one for me. Wow. First, thank you, Matt, for your vulnerability. That <laughs> yeah, sure. It shows the type of leader that you are, right? Because the thing is, Matt, we all have areas that we have to work on. No person in this world is perfect, period, right? 
And so you being vulnerable and sharing those areas that you still have opportunity in actually empowers your employees to do the same thing. So through you being vulnerable with me today, right? We don't know the additional uh, level of trust that may have been established with your employees, right? That then may generate new conversations. And so I just love you being willing to talk about that. That also means, Matt, it sounds like you and I will definitely have additional conversations. Oh, I think for many reasons, (laughs) we have a lot more we need to talk about. (laughs) I would love, right, to help you on that journey too, as you figure out, right? How do I move from this place of, you know, empathy, uh, sympathy to empathy, right? And what are the impacts? What is the ROI, right? If we want to talk a little bit of our business sense now, right? That comes along when we have leaders who are willing to do that. Yeah. So we'll put a pin there, Matt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, we'll, we'll pin that. Um, uh, this podcast is about you, not about me. Um, we, uh, so, so my favorite question on the planet is uh, what gets you out of bed in the morning? So for you, Tamika, with all that you've done between being a single mother, an author, a business leader, all the different things that you've accomplished, but also more importantly, the accomplishment for who you are as a person, uh, what, is it, what does it get you out of bed in the morning? Absolutely. Matt, this all anchors back to my mission statement that I stated at you know the beginning of our call, which is to empower everyone that I encounter to become the best versions of themselves and to discover purpose. So I get out of bed every day because I know that there are people that I have to inspire and encourage to dream big, right? So me getting out of bed is directly connected to my anchor point, right? Which is this mission slash purpose statement that I live by. And I say it so clearly and, and, and so freely, Matt, because that is also the thing that I use to hold myself accountable as I'm navigating through life, when I'm having to make tough decisions or I'm preparing for a conversation with someone that I know is going to give me a hard time, right? I go back to my mission state. And so me getting out of bed every morning is so that I can do those things. I love that. I love that. I love that. I love that. Um, Tamika, as we wrap up, um, we'll obviously include your book in the show notes so people can find it. Um, but for people that want to reach out to you, hear more about you, whether it's speaking engagements about the book, whatever it may be, what's the best way for them either to follow along with what you got going on or reach out or at least be in contact in some way, shape or form? Absolutely. I'm going to be vulnerable here again. I definitely need to uh, step my social media game up a notch. But No, no, no. You're more focused. You're focused on where your feet are and the important stuff. That's okay. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yes. But the two places that people can find me is either on LinkedIn. So just Tamika McNair. Um, or you can go to my website, which is www.tamikamcnair.com. And um, those will be great starting points to get connected. And I am happy to connect. I love it. I love it. Well, Tamika, this has been a joy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for the vulnerability. And uh, just thank you for being a guest on this podcast. Thank you, Matt. This has been such an amazing experience. And like I said, it's so much significant with this podcast being the first that I talk to after, you know, 
writing my book that's so near and dear to my heart. So thank you for the space and opportunity to do so. You just listened to an amazing episode on the Matt Baxter Show. It had nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the guests that I have and the stories that we get to tell and the smack talking we get to have. So if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes that you've listened to, feel free to subscribe on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcast. Check us out at themattbaxtershow.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at Matt C. Baxter, Twitter, or Facebook as well, too. Uh, I'd love to hear from you, whether it's through an email on the website or whether it's through any of the social platforms. I do my best to get back to people as soon as I can. But thank you again for listening. I hope you enjoy. Feel free to send feedback in any way. And don't be afraid to share the Matt Baxter Show. We're very excited to have you as a listener and hope you continue to listen as well. Thanks a ton. Bye-bye.